I even, you know, if there's a musical lead this week, I don't know, or if it's one of those crazy ads. I don't know how this shit works because I'm still new to it. But, I, you know, it, this, this, this new venture into the ether wouldn't be possible. And I wouldn't feel right without, you know, my, with taking baby steps out into this fog without uh, bringing forth uh, my man who's been on many of an adventure with me. I'm sure you know the big ginger. Uh, as well as uh, he's doing very well for himself now. He's uh, he's come a come a long way, and he's out there balling out there in uh, in in Monroe, Monroeovers, Monroeovers, Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh. My man Hunter Homestack, what's up, Glow? I love you. I'm glad that you uh, would shotgun into the ether with old boy tonight. Of course, man. Have have I ever not followed you into the ether? That's one thing from the beginning. I've always trusted you. So any any time that. You asked me to take your hand. I'm doing it and, and diving in, man. It, it's paid off so far, so let's do it one more time. <laughs> I, I don't know if it really has. You know, I mean, we've had a blast. <laughs> we've had a fun. blast. It's fun at it, least. Oh, like, it, I come out. I come out of it with no money and no dignity, but it's fun. <laughs> no, it's the exa- exactly. I mean, I think those are like. I I think that's okay. that's what you pay, right? That's that's the toll. That's the toll. The the boatman. <laughs> yeah. Dignity. Yeah. Exactly. But um, but yeah, man. The uh, uh, we'll get into you know the new stuff you're doing. We're gonna take a a, a memory a, a jog down memory lane with you know some of our our trips and whatnot. But yeah, you know this new uh, this new uh, cool thing. And I gotta tell you know the listeners that you know uh, Hunter's been on me since you know since the since I stepped away. Like hey, you know you gotta get back. You gotta go do this. You gotta do this. This. You know he just kind of tried to stay on me to to let me know that I still needed to. To get my to to get my voice out there and to to flex my skills, if I will. I'm not back writing yet, and we'll we'll get there. But this new venture uh, wouldn't have been possible without without the the big glow uh, giving me a a hearty nudge. Yeah, man. I mean, whenever it's whenever it's old Bo, it's got to happen. You know, it's and it's like you said, you're not writing yet, but you write the way you talk. You talk the way you write anyway. So as long as you're doing something out there, it's almost like you're writing. You know, just getting that voice, those thoughts, and the the wild and twisted way that you put things together out there. The world's a better place for it. <laughs> well, now, you know, I, you touched on something before we went live, and I, I think we're going to start off with it. Let's start off with uh, with an invention that you and I created <laughs> on the road. So, it's it, you know, it's fall. It's travel season. You know, summer has its thing, but everybody goes someplace in the fall. Labor Day weekend just passed, and, you know, people go camping and whatnot. Hunter and I... For as many as many hotel rooms as we've shared, you know, when you're rolling on a budge, like uh, like you know the uh the ill-fated flow combat would put us on, or if we were on Bleacher Report and wherever we were, you know, rolling on a budget sometimes doesn't afford you the the ability to get two beds in right. a room. Do you, do you am I setting this? You're up definitely right? setting it up right, but you, you can be a little more to the point and just say that sometimes you got to share a bed with a with a grown man. Sometimes you just have to. so yes we would have these situations where we'd be tired pulling off the road and be like we're at the checkout counter or at the check-in counter and like i don't give a fuck man (laughs) you got one better too who cares we'll make it work so every hotel has some extra thing in there i mean some of the some of the nicer hotels had like like things that we thought were meant for bro exactly you know (laughs) exactly like what is this roll what is this rolled cushion wait i mean so I mean, sometimes we had to improvise, you know, the in the seat of your joints and have to just uh, roll a pillow. But two two men, two grown men, can absolutely sleep in a bed together, and then there just has to be something put between them, which we started to name the bro vibe. Yeah, 
It's that rolly, it's a long cylindrical pillow in its finest form. That's how it manifests. But like you said, (laughs) sometimes you got to get creative. Sometimes it's just your book bag or sometimes it's a 24 pack of Danishes that's empty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to, I'm never going to let this down. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and expand on that one. So old glow, when we were on the West coast run of our flow combat road trip, I mean, the, the miles we put in was fucking insane. So we, we would go drive all night, get to this place, do all these interviews. And sometimes we'd get to a spot and it'd just be like the end of the road for one of us. You know, like we, like one of us would be like, because I remember Vegas. Like you were like, hey, man, I've never been to Vegas before. You were hanging out with Dan Tom and and, and I had just done those mushrooms. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> um, but uh, I say like uh, – but you were like, you wanted to hang out and experience like Vegas. And I was just cashed out, man. I couldn't stay up anymore. Yeah. Um, when we got to San Diego, it was vice versa. Right. Like you just, you, you know, we went out and got something to eat because Phil Davis told, told us this place to go. And then you were like, we went back to the hotel room and you were done, right? Yeah. Well, old Bo's got a bit of a sweet tooth, right? So <laughs> I, I wait, like I wake up in the middle of the night and I, like, I, am like just ravenous for like sugar maybe i'm stage one diabetic <laughs> I, I don't know but there was like there's a walmart down the way and i was like oh man instead of just spending you know uh, money at the gas station i'll go to walmart see if they have something in a little bit of bulk and little do i know i find this like box of cheese danishes <laughs> you know like cheap ass cheese danishes so i buy this box and get back hotel room hunter's still sleeping uh, i i cash out well, Hunter wakes up and finds like the wreckage. It, like it was like uh like Katrina Katrina esque wreckage. Dude, I just I had to piss, and that's like what caught my attention. So I kept walking on these wrappers. I was like, how many, how many wrappers are there here? Oh man, it was like I don't. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating when I say there were at least twelve wrappers. Like you ate at least twelve Danishes overnight. <laughs> Dude, I'm a so fat kind of guy, bro. You know me. <laughs> and uh, but but the, th- the funniest thing was is because Hunter had just woken up, he didn't know what these rappers were from. <laughs> he like had no clue. And then when it became like daylight out, or the next day he woke up, he's like, "Whoa!" He's like, "What the <laughs> fuck is on the other side?" And I said, uh, "And I was so nonchalant, I'm like cheese danishes." And he's like, "Dude, that is the most." cheese danishes i've ever seen anybody consume and, and it's still a ring joke now to this day three years later you know oh shit no hang on Did I lose you? somebody called me and it fucked up the recording shit. i'm still good on my end still good all right cool yeah yeah it says two people are recording so we're good now this edit cool. sorry about that yeah i got a call so, so so yeah so so glow was like i've never he was almost concerned it was like concern level of like there's is there a cheese danish problem we need to talk about i thought there was i thought there was like you said the stage one diabetic i was just concerned man i was like what are you feeding a fan like I, I didn't know. I didn't know if you picked up a family in San Diego or what happened, why we needed so many Danishes, but it was like literally called the family pack. <laughs> yes. And, and, they, and they were gone. Yeah. Now, when you spend as much time, another thing I want to go through is when you spend as much time on the road or in a vehicle as you and I have, there are, there are common courtesies for one, you know, um, playlist is a big thing now even though even though there's things music music that we both enjoy we have we have drastically different tastes in some areas mm-hmm. like you are hardcore 
like Norwegian death metal, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking crazy shit. And then, at, then, but then at the same time, you flip over and you, there is some like fucking Bjork you listen to. Who yeah, knows? yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. We 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 both appreciate. And uh, and then you get into these these uh the, these crazy conversations, right? As you're as you're going down down the highways of the United States. And one thing that you have to know about Hunter. Hunter is the king. He may seem unassuming on this at times, but he is. If you look, check his Twitter and, and you check his record, he is the king of the hot takes. <laughs> there, nobody drops a hotter take than Homestack. That's, that's the fact. <laughs> <And I, laughs> so I'm putting you on blast here because I almost crashed the car when you said that shit about Nirvana. Oh, oh come on. Nirvana, the trash, trash. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I, I you know, I, I, I was being facetious. I, I I didn't almost crash there, but we almost didn't physically come to blows over the Bruce Springsteen thing. Yeah, I think that was the probably the maddest I ever made you. Probably was was me calling Springsteen overrated and trash, which I stand by. Now, 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 now to flip the script, the maddest I've ever seen you get at me in person when we were in Austin with your lovely soon-to-be wife. We were eating some late-night Whataburger, and I was dogging off oh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, my like, God. Like, 10 feet from the statue. Dude. I thought Hunter was like, I thought Hunter was going to say lace him Dude. up. Dude, <laughs> I can't, I, I mean, you at, first off, you acted like he was just not even good, but then you came down, you eventually, like, came down <laughs> to saying, well, maybe he's good. I just don't think, he, you know, I, it's just not for me. It's I don't think he's good. So then it became like, well, now you're just saying, like, your personal preference is not Stevie Ray, but you still stuck to your guns that, like, he never made a good song. You're, you're just like, I can't even name one song of his that I actually like. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man, you're kidding me. And I me. still can't. Did he do that, like, Woe Black Betty Lambert Lambert song? Is that <laughs> it's him? not remotely him. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. So, Springsteen sings about a fucking turnpike and, 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 and waxes poetic about it, and there's no value in that. No. But Stevie Ray Vaughan does, like, has a whole career that I've never even heard. Yeah. And, uh, and he's awesome. Yes. That is that is an accurate take. <laughs> <laughs> now the one now where we now where we differ or like remember like I, like we, we were kind of throwing some hot takes back and forth. You kind of you kind of understood my Sublime take because I, I yeah. think Sublime is the most overrated band of the '90s. But the one thing you held staunchly on that I've had to since kind of sit and think about because that's what happens when Glow and I, Glow will stick a point down and I'll be like, <laughs> eh, you know, he's got a point. Yeah, yeah. But you st- you stuck to your guns that the Chili Peppers weren't trash. Yeah, no, they're not, man. They got some deep cut. You know, if you stick to just their hits, I can see why somebody would be like, oh, they're kind of trash. But when you really dig into it, there there's some gems there. And they got replay value, too. That's the thing. Like, even the songs that are popular that I like, like Under the Bridge, for instance, I could throw that on right now and still enjoy it. Any song that has that kind of replay value, like, yeah, there, there's something there for sure. But there's also a whole bunch of but what like Flea and Chance with it for Sandy, you know, the, the, there's a lot of talent there. And I'm not saying Kitas doesn't have his place, but there's like you know, he definitely had that phase where he was like, You mean I can make money without even trying? I'm gonna do that instead. It was like blessed, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. He made it work. Let's talk about some other things that you know you know, Hunter is, you know, younger than me, uh, a different generation of, of sorts. So there's also times where we're on the road where I would like notice things that he would just be oblivious to. And I have to show him the, the, <laughs> the soured ways of the world. Like, like the first time you saw a prostitute, I, you, you, I had to point that. It's a real life prostitute. 
I was like, what? Is she going, is she going swimming or something? She doesn't have any clothes on, dude. <laughs> and where is she going to? She's just walking around. I was Walk, like, bro, walking. when's the last time you saw somebody no, walking? No, wait, aimlessly? wait. Not just walking around. Walking in a Denny's slash Super 8 combo parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I remember my, my one promise to Hunter's mother is that I was a get home safe. And we were kind of tapped out when we got to Austin on that trip. And, and, uh, and Hunter, we, we had ordered, we'd ordered carry out from Denny's, which was like a hundred foot walk. And Hunter's like, I'm going to go get the, uh, I'm going to go pick up the food. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm going to walk with you. He's like, I got it. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm going to walk with you. <laughs> and on the way back, the, I mean, the prostitute was like the, the appetizer for what happened on the way back with the cat in the window. <laughs> yes. He's like, what, Hunter goes like, what kind of, what kind of place? has like prostitutes walking in the parking lot. I said, what kind of person, <laughs> uh, what kind of place has a, a cat in their room? That, that, that signifies this is a one night. Yeah, imagine day. taking your cat to your motel room. Like, oh, me and Fluffy right. are just moving out for a week. Yeah. Yeah, we're posting up because we're, we're selling some hoes. <laughs> well, that's they almost got me. I yes. mean, she was definitely strutting her stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that yellow uh, two-piece bikini, and then she—I think she had floaties in her bag. Oh God! Just go to a pool just party. in case. Now we we went all over this country, coast to coast. I mean, that was a big part of our mission was to to touch both uh, oceans and um, and to get into some craziness top to bottom. What What would you say? What was the the best place that you've that you like we we stopped in that you're like hey you know someday later on I'm gonna bring Nicole back here or I want to just come back and enjoy it what was one of the places you were like fuck I am lucky I'm never coming back yeah here. the first one I think is easier to tackle because like a lot of people ask that and I I just for some reason Albuquerque I got along with Albuquerque so well just the vibe there in general nice. it's always like people. People I say, well, well, what'd you do there? And it's like, well, I don't know. Like, we didn't do a whole lot to where I'd be like, oh, you need to go to this restaurant or you need to check this place out. But it's just the that exactly. city just has a feel about it to where it's like I could just exist here for a while and just kind of absorb it and take it in. I love, yeah, the vibe of that city is badass. And the sleeper pick there would be Sioux Falls, man. How how underratedly cool was Sioux Falls? Oh, dude, I tell people all the time. I said, you know, and it, and it's, it's 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 almost a similar take, man. It's like. I feel like, you know, touching on the ABQ real quick. And I told you this going in. I was like, man, you know, the Southwest is cool because you feel like you're on a different planet than where we're from out in the kind of Midwest, mm-hmm. you know, Northeast, mm-hmm. you know, because Indiana and Pennsylvania aren't that different. It, minus some hills, right? right? Um, and Cheevers. But then when you, when you get to <laughs> Cheevers, dude, you told me that was a beaver. I was like, dude, that's the biggest fucking beaver. And that isn't even a sexual joke. That was like, I was like, dude, these, these fuckers shoot through rock out in Appalachia, yeah. man. They're Dwayne, they could play line for yeah, yeah. Just just know? for full context, there, Dwayne saw a groundhog at our house in Pennsylvania. One of them Appalachian groundhogs, and it blew his mind how big they were. <laughs> oh, dude, it's like when somebody sees like a sand spider, they're like, "Holy shit, that's a big fucking dude!" This was this this groundhog looked like a fucking like a like a dog. It was huge. It really was. We get the little. We get the little like moles, chipmunks, little like rodent groundhogs out here that are tiny, man. Those fuckers <laughs> burrow through rocks out there, yeah. bro. Yeah, they don't mess around, dude. They got a rough life. They got to make it work. Fucking cheap and believe it, bro. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Albuquerque, 
Uh, same thing for me. I always said it's like everybody says, oh, and if they go to the Southwest, they go to Phoenix or Vegas. And those places are nice. But Albuquerque, and it's a little rougher, a little dirtier. But, man, it, just, it always just it just feels right. You know, the people are, are nice and, you know, nothing but great food and great experiences out there. Now, Sioux Falls, I tell people this all the time, too. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's nothing. Like, what would you think to ever go to South Dakota for? Ever. You mm-hmm. know, like, there's the, you, just wouldn't, you wouldn't think of it. But man, did we had probably one of the most epic, legendary runs of our of our fucking career in in Sioux Falls. Yeah, that, that I mean, that trip in general is one of the most memorable for me of, of of all of our conquests. And shout out to Dave Martin and Brett for making that one happen. I mean, that was all them. They like kind of run that city, right? So it's kind of like the red carpet rolled out for all of us in town, which which obviously helped. Oh, absolutely. That that was a that was a big part of it. But even if we didn't have the the uh, you know the extra kind of the, the the red carpet experience, <laughs> just the general just the general vibe and and, and play and, and just nature of the place was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. So, it, it, now, it's what was similar that? to Albuquerque too? I always felt like Sioux Falls. The vibe there is kind of similar. You almost feel like your world is in black and white when you're there or something. You know what I mean? Like just has that feel. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I said, you know, in the I think that's why, like, we got the tone right in those like journal mm-hmm. articles that we were doing for Flow Combat, where, you know, I, I said it reminded me of the opening, like opening scene of uh, the last picture yep. show, you know, where the, the fucking winds because that's the thing about Sioux, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, that wind is coming yeah. through, dog. That wind is ripping across those fucking flatlands, uh, the badlands, if you will. Yep. Now, now, dude, now we got to paint this picture. Because you and I, like, both, like, you and I are both, you know, prone to observation. That's what we do. And, you know, and, and we'd always pick up on the vibe if something wasn't quite right or if something was a little <laughs> whatever. Now, when we were leaving Sioux Falls, we were trying to figure out which was the best way to take not to fall asleep. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I, I, we might have caught some shit of flow combat, but we're, free, we're freewheeling now. Iowa... The, Iowa is the worst state in the union. Like, you have to drive to the motherfucker. It is the worst. And then, then what made it matters worse is somehow Hunter and I in our boredom, we got it, it's like people who go into that like suicide force and they get turned around mm-hmm. and then they just, they, then they just, they, they, they end it. Hunter yep. and I somehow got turned towards Kansas City <laughs> instead of going north. It was, we were like 50 miles down. Remember that? Yeah, it was like, like dumb and dumber. That John Denver's full of shit. Like, just, <laughs> just rolling through like where are we cars literally pulled off the side of the road that just gave up like you remember how many cars Deers dead on the highway yeah. like that didn't even get hit by cars just no quit. just perfectly good cars pulled off the side with no humans in sight just they they gave up on those iowa highways because that's what you do on them it's it's brutal that's what i'm saying like fucking like like you know you see like a deer on the side of the road normally it's mangled it's got hit by a semi these fuckers are in mint condition they lay down to die <laughs> They're like, I don't want to fuck with Iowa anymore. I don't know how I am. I'm out. There. I'm done with this. I'm yep. done. No, that's true. I am done. So we're coming back, and I believe we were in Minnesota, if I'm not wrong. We stopped off. I think we were still in Minnesota, and we stopped off for the night. And, like, the like the guy at the hotel at the desk, he tried – when we're checking in, he tried to quit, right? <laughs> he literally told me, like – I'm quitting tonight. Like he said, something happened earlier in the night and it just made it. He didn't say what though. He just said that some, some shit went down and he decided that that was enough that he doesn't need to be working a front desk at a motel hotel lobby anymore. So he, he just gave up. He's like, yeah, I'm out after tonight. Cool. 
Yeah, he said. Yeah, but Ricky said there was some somebody checked in, but then somebody was across, like somebody sitting in the parking lot. Right. It was all some shady, so all some shady shit. So we think there's some gangbusters about to go down. And then as we're like walking to our rooms, <laughs> we see this like, like you know, fucking every hotel's got somebody who like cleans the rooms. This chick had like an eye patch on and like a, a wrist cast. And remember, she like mm-hmm. thumbs up. Very uh, like fucking Twin Peaks one. Oh yeah, dude, one hundred percent. It was the creepiest. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a David Lynch hotel for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, man, this is just fucking. We're in the wall of weird now, buddy. <laughs> but it was yeah, so fitting because like we were so. just exhausted and tired and and just needed a place to sleep. And we got room two oh nine, if I recall correctly, because I had the the Stockton two oh nine Nate Diaz. I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, and because remember you. Uh, I had to commentate that show, yeah. so I was still wearing the, my suit, <laughs> yes. and you were all fucked up. You were all whiskey drunk <laughs> by the time we left the fucking show. So we walk into this hotel in Minnesota, the next state over, and I'm wearing my fucking suit. You're fucking, you're, you're coming, you're rebounding from a fucking whiskey drunk, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna get fucking <laughs> and weird. Then Where's the cheese day? I patch McGee. Yeah, yeah, that was not a good time. Did we? We parked where we could still see our car, though, right? Didn't we strategically plan that? Yeah, yeah. After after the dude said that, like he was gonna quit and all this shit, we parked where we could see yeah. our room, and uh, so we could look out and make sure that nobody's fucking with our rental. See that that circles back to kind of the what what you were talking about earlier, kind of telling my mom, you know, he'll always get him home. the things I'm naive to. I would never in a million years think to park my car somewhere I could keep an eye on it. But these are the little things when you travel with old Bo that you learn. These are my street smarts growing. <laughs> Hey, maybe I shouldn't ask that prostitute where she's going. <laughs> right. Or hey, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, shit like that. So, um, yeah, man, I, and that's what I mean. And then, you know, just the, you know, the the phenomenon of just driving out in the fucking middle of nowhere and being like, man, if you know, if if something breaks down, we're fucked, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Like, it's a, it's a, you know, I that's why I always get a kick out of people like say like, oh, I want to go to Europe or I want to go. You know, it's cool to travel the world, but man, there's so many interesting pockets of this country to see, you know, that just don't feel like you could, you know, just you take a 15 hour drive and you're in a whole different fucking region. You oh, know? man. Yeah. Right here. The Southwest. But for me, the Southwest, I don't know why. There's just something about, like I said, Albuquerque, obviously, but the, that entire drive from like Albuquerque through Arizona to California, everything about it, especially at night. Remember just that road we were on at night. And I accidentally kept flashing that trucker. <laughs> it's like I'm like you're gonna kill we, motherfucker. Okay, like, to be fair, like I need to need to set that up. We had this rental car that I'd never driven before, so we just switched out. And I don't know what I was trying to do, what I was trying to adjust, but every time I would try to adjust it, I would accidentally like flash my high beams. So we're behind this truck driver, and I just keep accidentally flashing this guy like three times, and Dwayne's like. He's literally going to kill us. Like, he thinks you're trying to fuck with him. I'm like, yep, I would think this person was fucking with me, too. So I definitely get this. <laughs> but but at the same time, that, that's what I'm saying is, like, it, you know, the it, it, it's very important, you know. Like, it's very important if you're traveling like that to, to be safe, to, to not be kind of, to be self-aware of the environments that you're in. But also, like, you know, if you're driving long distances, like, we always had, like, you know, that was kind of our base rule is just 
total honesty. We had total trust in one another that like, hey, look, I got this next stretch. Are you sure? I'm good. So if he's, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, you don't question that. But then there's times where like, man, I, you know, I, I can't drive anymore, man. I, I, I'm, I'm tapped. Let's just pull over. And then, you know, it's fucked up when you're doing those road trips because you're, you're literally racing the clock. Like, okay, we got to be yeah. in this place at this time to get these fighters, uh, you know, to, to get the, the content we need to get. Okay. We have to be on the road by this. And, and it's funny how, and that's what I'm saying. That was the that was the beauty of it all. It all came off so seamlessly, but how much fucking effort, extra effort, really went into it? Nobody will ever know. And our boss certainly didn't. Yeah. What the fuck we were carrying, you know? It was crazy, man. And like the best feeling ever, whenever you would go west into a different time zone, so you'd like gain that hour. Yes. <laughs> you'd feel like a king. You're like, yes, we get a whole hour back to ourselves, you know. But just, yeah, that element of it, and neither of us is, is a good planner. You know, we're, we're not known for our planning. So the, the sheer fact that we made it work is kind of a small miracle in itself. Now, now you know, and that was, uh, I think, and, and, you know, we're in a different era now of MMA media. So I feel like that was at the end of uh, kind of almost the golden age of like interviews and, and before the ESPN takeover and all that shit. Right. Now, ne- neither of us are exactly in MMA anymore. And, you know, how much do you how how much do you pay attention to it? Not much at all, man. I was just talking to somebody. I forget who I was just talking to about that. But I was like, it was that UFC China card that was just on that Jessica Andrade lost. And I was just like, dude, I literally recognize like nobody on that card. I, I just it's been so long since I've tuned into a card and not known anybody. You know what I mean? It was just like, who are these people? I have no idea. And even this card coming up, like Khabib and Poirier, obviously, like I'm going to watch that. But even like beyond that, this card is just like, man, I I just don't feel the same about it after being removed from it. It feels kind of, I don't know, all the story, like all the headlines I see pop up. I'm just like, this is goofy or this is dumb. You know, this is the same shit I've been hearing for years and years and years. It feels played, right? It feels super played out. But when you're in it and you're in it every day, you're like, oh, this shit's awesome. Like, oh, I can't believe he said that. It's been so long since I've seen a quote or a headline where I was like, damn, like that was good. The best thing was McGregor punching that old dude. Like that's the only thing in a long time I've seen that I was like, damn, that happened. Yeah. And you know how I feel about it. Like, uh. You know, I'm not saying I condone it, but I understand. <laughs> and but, I, dude, I, I it's funny how how like Hunter and I always joke whenever we agree or we kind of feel some certain way about something. We always talk. We always say wavelength. Yeah. You know, like we're on the same wavelength and same frequency. And just that, watch. I think it's MMA fighting or MMA junkie. These kind of fast forwarded like weigh in videos and face off mm-hmm. videos. Mm-hmm. I will purpose. <laughs> I will purposely put myself through that to watch it. Just to see who, how many I actually know, like <laughs> like this last, like I did it this morning or yesterday, and watch. I I, I remember like uh, the blades, the one heavyweight, I the blades guy I've heard of, uh, Barboza and Felder, of course, and then Khabib and Dustin, and I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know anybody else. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. That's how I feel too, though. And and the weird thing is, like, if we dove back in, we would probably still love it. You know, I'm sure the sport itself is still somewhat the same, but the way the media landscape has changed, I don't even know like if that kind of access that we used to get still exists or if that's even on the table or how it works now. But ESPN definitely seems to be dominating. Fighting seems to be fading away. Junkie seems to be doing okay, making some cool moves. And, and now the athletic is the one that's coming in and like, okay, they've got the heavy hitters like, 
what are they really going to do with it? So they, they've produced some cool content for sure that I've read and I'm kind of excited. They're, they're the ones I think probably you too, that you have your eye on the most, just, just kind of as far as interesting content goes. Yeah. And, but I'll even say with this, I still, I, I see the interesting stuff that they're doing and I'm just like, man, is it enough to go the distance? Right. That's my question, you know, because, because you, you know how the formula works, man, right. in order you, you can have your big features, but you definitely need the, the things in between to float. And I just don't know, like what the, the current fight cycle goes. I don't know if you, if there's enough, like you could tell those, you could tell a great, like, for instance, like that, like Carlos Connett thing, you know, like you do, do that great story that I did for junkie. And, and then, but you can't, then kind of fights you must say you can't tell that story again exactly you, know? you gotta yep. give time in between those deep dive features to do another one so i feel like the athletics hitting these good marks i feel like they are but i don't know if there's gonna be enough good marks uh left left to run the distance so and i will tell you as far as like the, the access goes it's funny because i have all these relationships and you know i've always had them and then you know i'm starting to starting this podcast up and i, and I have to tell you that even you know, I haven't had any trouble with the guys I'm lining up, but even still, there's there's different hoops that there wasn't before. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that doesn't like, oh, man, me. I'll fit for sure. Let me check or blah, blah. You know, <laughs> right. it was before before I'd be like, hey, yeah, just call me at 10. You know, Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of sad. I mean, I get it. I get where they're coming from. They can't afford to have any kind of slip up at all these days in, the, in this digital age where we're ready to pounce on every bad thing that anybody's ever said. That latest Chappelle, you know, that was funny. His his impersonation of the crowd, you know, that's you guys. That's you guys, right? <laughs> yeah, it's that whole culture. I mean, it's it's every sport. You every... said this twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. That's it, man. So I get it. Like these guys can't afford to have something come back on them and just spoil their career. So they got to check. It's an unfortunate reality, though. Okay, now now this that's this is a great segue into uh, into what you're doing now because. You know, Hunter, Hunter uh, stuck around, stuck around MMA for a little while after I left, and then got a uh, a, a great offer from uh, you know a chance, you know a chance not to have to travel to. I mean, you still travel, but you're you're a hometown guy with your Pittsburgh affiliations and your love. And what a what a dream come true to be able <laughs> to cover the fucking teams that you you you're diehard about for a living. So you you take this job with DK Sports, and, and then so what have you found out like? You're interviewing fighters is different, but then now you're interviewing baseball players, hockey players, football players, you know, from different athletic realms. Do you find it's a little more not staged, if you will? Like I saw I saw you get shut down by uh, uh, the Cincinnati <laughs> PR guy. Yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But, like, are you finding that it's a little more – uh, uh, a little more like controlled, even absolutely, absolutely, dude. It's it's more policed for sure. You know, there's always PR people kind of lingering around while you do your thing. You you never you never get these athletes like one on one like you could with with the fight. Like at for instance, just like totally tied into MMA. Like when we were at AT and T, I say AT and T. When we were at ATT and we were just like walking around talking to whoever we wanted, you know, just getting whatever Thiago Alves off to the side or or Horiguchi off to the or, side. Like or Col- Colby, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like you like you still do it except now there's a PR person like breathing down your neck while you do it. Like that's how it works. They're making sure that you're not going to say you're not going to lead them into a problem or ask them something. Like you said that Cincinnati guy shut me down, which by the way that question was going to be awesome and it was fine. And I was not trying to stir the pot at all, but he thought I was going to try to or something. I don't know. 
I don't know what his deal was, but that, that was the first and only time that's ever happened in my life. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. It was definitely awkward, <laughs> but uh, we rebounded from that. Basically sucked up. Yeah, well, well, I mean, the Pirates can't can't really talk in that department either. But but it's uh, you can tell these guys are just way more coached with their answers. You know, there's definitely times where you get them and you ask them kind of something unique or something that's maybe not football or not baseball related, and they really riff on it. Like one of my favorite conversations of this year was uh, Joe Musgrove, the Pirates pitcher. He loves coffee. And it was like even after the game. And I just went up and started talking about coffee with him, like all these different craft coffees, his favorite way to brew coffee and shit. It was like a two and a half minute conversation just about coffee. And it was so cool. So it's like these guys like whenever it's not the same shit. You know, how many times do we hear MMA fighters complain? How was your weight cut? Or what do you think about your opponent's skill set? How do you see this fight going? Like, how's your training camp? Yeah. And this this is what these guys get all the time, constantly. How how excited are you to face the Patriots and Tom Brady? They're pretty good, I hear. Are they good? Do you think they're good? So it's like... Can you talk about how good Tom Brady is? <laughs> right. So it's like, whenever you get them riffing on something else, man, they're just normal people like everybody else. And that's kind of what I've used to to ground myself in it. Because like you said, man, it's it's one thing to talk to these MMA fighters, but then, and, and no offense to them at all, I don't mean it that way at all, but then it's another thing to be face to face with Antonio Brown or Ben Roethlisberger and like, Oh shit. Like I'm about to ask you a question. You know, there's some level of, I don't want to call it intimidation, but like you kind of nervous the first time I do it. Like, I don't want to make an ass of myself in front of all these people and Ben Roethlisberger. Like there's some pressure to it, but, but but is it, but see now, doesn't that like almost, doesn't almost like you can like feel good. Like like you went out on the road trips and you got that FaceTime. And I remember like we went to Frankie Edgar's house that, that first trip and and I was Mm -hmm. taking you out or with Jim Miller and you're like, man, you know, I've, I've talked to some of these guys over the phone. I just never done it. And then dude, and you, and you turned out to be one of the best, Interviewers, you know, out there, you're really so, starting finding your and your voice, and then are like you could almost like use that as like an internship, if you will, right? Oh, like dude, now- one million percent. Like I would not be even remotely as comfortable as I am talking to these guys without all those experiences. I mean, the way like the way we did it, and the way I mean, you obviously facilitated it to the max, and just stripping things down and literally talking to these guys like they're just people because they are. You know what I mean? Like breaking down every wall and just hanging out with them. Like a lot of the interviews were not even interviews. Like, so you learn so much about these guys by just chilling with them. And that's way more insightful than a sit down formal. Here's your mic. Here's my mic. Let's ask some questions. Like, let's just chill and hang out and learn about each other. And then that, that sets the foundation for the entire story. So I think, I mean, that, that was just instrumental for me now. I mean, you watch some of the videos of me talking to the Steelers or the pirates. I kind of, it's still really conversational, I think, because that's just that's how I feel passionately how it should be. You know, I've seen you do it. I've done it on occasion. I've seen all the greatest interviews I've ever seen are never like 60 minutes. It's never like that. So and I, I think they appreciate it. You know, you can tell the way they respond whenever you ask questions like that and they'll talk for like a minute, minute and a half straight. It's like they enjoyed that oh, question. They want to talk. about Absolutely. This. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember telling you. When we were heading out on that first one, I said, like, I said, look, you're going to get to see kind of how I do things. Like, it may not make sense how you learn in journalism school or anything like that, but this is the way that works for me. The way that I found that you can get people to, the, the key is getting them comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if they're comfortable and they are, uh, and they're, and, and it's a conversation, not an interview, 
then then things then 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 naturally things come out and and that's what I'm saying. The things you're talking about with like Musgrove and like the coffee and things like and some of the other ones I've seen you do. That's what's great about it is, is you're exactly right, man. Yes, like baseball and football and MMA, that is the uh, that is the thing that we most want to hear about. But we own like that. My, and my goal for this whole MMA side of this, you know, into the ether is we're going to do a we're gonna talk a little bit about fighting, but we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other shit that isn't fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, because my 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 goal is to if if somebody, you know, whoever listens to this to, to listen to it, because, yes, I enjoy that person fighting, but I, you're going to walk away knowing something that you didn't know before right, right. To, to highlight some aspect of your life and i think i think that's the goal and what i what i think's funny and i do check in on mma from time to time and this is no slight really against the, the, these people i'm about to name are good people but that's what's funny is like when like you know the the button-up interview guy like hawani would do a walk and talk to try to strip it down those were always the things people were like oh man those are those were the best interviews even though you paid for it or security and then like luke thomas i saw him saying the other day he's like I do not call myself a journalist anymore, but mm-hmm. I'm like, no shit, bro. It doesn't exist in MMA. And yep. That's why that whole, like nothing against those cats, but they were trying to form this journalist so- association. It's like, no, MMA interviews do not work like that. There's yeah. no, you don't have to pay for them, but you are not on, you are not on objective terms. Right. Doing that situation. Like, like he was saying in that, in that YouTube take, he was like, you know, if you want them to come back on your show, you 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 can't do this. And that's why I said, like, I never called myself a journalist, a storyteller, but I never avoided like, you know, when I interviewed Vitor uh, a bunch of times, even for UFC.com. Yes, I would touch on the steroid thing, but I would do it in a different way. Right. I would say, you know, you've been, in, you know, you've been involved in these controversies. Mm-hmm. You know, how was that? You know, and so he could address it. Without having to be like, so Jay, man, did you shoot yourself up full of steroids, you know, <laughs> shit like that. So, but I, you know, but I always got what was the, what was the thing? Oh, he's he's too friendly. He's too fighter friendly. Yeah, it's like okay because I'm not doing gotcha shit. You know what right. I mean? And you, and you don't do gotcha shit. But that's what I mean. I think the 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 thing you can take away from any of the MMA interviews that we did, they were always endearing and they're they're, they're always full like. All the stories you and I ever did were just, they're full of heart, you know right. what I mean? And, and then you, you see where, yeah, and that's why, that's why, you know, it's not because, hey man, you know, yes, yes, we're cool people to hang out with. I'll stand by that, you know, but, <laughs> but I also think that it's like, man, these fuckers are good at what they do. Uh, they, they, they really can't, they really want to understand me and not like I'm on like your team, but I'm just trying to understand you. And if I can understand you, I can make them understand. You. That's so, it. That's, that's the goal, it. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, because I find like increasingly, especially at this top, I mean, Pirates and Steelers, you're talking the elite athlete. You know, how many times, how many times in MMA do you hear the term like, oh, if this NFL guy would have tried football, he'd be so good. (laughs) NFL guy would try MMA, you know, wait till these football players start crossing over into MMA, they would take over. You know, you're talking, it's a different specimen of athlete in the NFL than in MMA for the most part. So it's like when you talk to them and you learn like a lot of the things that make them great on the field are also qualities that translate off the field. It's like it's one and the same. You know, you don't get Ben Roethlisberger on the field without is off the field. And one of the one of the best examples like recently that I got to dive into was the Pirates have a, a closer a relief pitcher named Felipe Vasquez. And this guy's like, I mean, he's literally one of the best in baseball. He, he's an animal. He throws 102 mile per hour heat. 
has just a crazy arsenal of pitches. I mean, when he takes the mound, it's just game over, basically. But then you find, like, off the field, he's he's incredibly charismatic, and his personality is just, like, so he beams. Like, you're just attracted to this guy. And then on the on the field, he turns into just this savage animal. But at the same time, he's having fun with it the whole time. He's like almost playing with the batters in a way. So it's like you still see some of that personality shine through. And like all his teammates and coaches talked about that. Like he has a fear, fierceness about him, but he also has a lightheartedness about it. That That's what makes him special. And it's like, well, once you understand who he is off the field, this makes so much more sense. And that's kind of the – the theme that I've noticed with fighters earlier with you, I mean, Jim Miller's the, an even better example. Like, how fun is this guy out of the cage? But he has that switch. Like, he has those moments where you can see, like, his laser focus. And then it's like, okay, this is not surprising now, knowing who you are, that you can just do this. Absolutely. And that's what I mean is that's the – so then that's the bridge, right? You have access to see what – people can't under people don't have the privilege of seeing uh behind the scenes and then so then when you explain and write about uh Vasquez and you, that's how you 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 translate that like man this the things that you just said then you're tell you're telling that with your words to to people like man this 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 the ferocity in this guy there's such a contrast between the sweetheart and charismatic guy he is and then there's the ferocity there's a switch that flips and then that's the that's as you would say that's the seed right right exactly <laughs> It's <laughs> a fucking scene. Like. Yeah. But you know, and that's the thing, man, is that you uh uh you, you get to you get to do this now and and uh it's 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 a it's it's a fun thing, man. You're 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 fun you're fun to listen to, you're fun to watch. I like watching your your little videos from uh from parking to press box. I'm like, <laughs> man, dude, fucking you like could you park further away, dog? Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they need to hook me up with some better parking. That's what I'm that's what I'm really in this for, man. Like I'm really only staying in this game until I get front row parking and I'm out. <laughs> then you're out and you drop that fucking mic. <laughs> yeah. You know, and what but what's funny is like, you know, is it's like the I talked in the the one uh episode about friendship and bonds and, and how important those are and you know, and to see you come from like this like this kid fresh out of college and, and now you're get you're getting married soon, man. Like it's crazy. You know, it, it is, and, and and uh to watch you grow and watch you grow in your craft, it's been fucking awesome, man. I'm super proud of you. No, thanks, brother. And let's let's just be clear, like none of this happens without old Bo. And I'm not even just saying that in an affectionate way or because it's the podcast or anything. I mean that in the most literal way. You know, like it was so instrumental to my learning in this game and making these connections and understanding the way people tick and the way you can connect with people and. Breaking down, I mean, you broke down so many walls of what I thought journalism was, what what had been hammered into my head throughout journalism school versus what I actually saw in the real world. You know, it's it's like it's like if I went to a mechanic like a Votech school and learned how to work on cars. But then I went and worked with a master mechanic that was like, yeah, I know they teach you this way, but like it's way faster and cheaper if you fix the car this way and it lasts longer. And it's like, oh, shit, can't learn that in a book. So there was like, <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's a hey. There's just so much shit like that that now I'm carrying with me. Hey, you remember when we both got fired? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Same day. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was great. You're like, man, I've never been fired before. I'm like, shit, I've been camped more than two and a bit. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Literally, the first time I've been fired, I, I was all like, shit, man, I, don't, I was all down. Like, I don't know if this is for me. I got fired. You know, what the fuck? But then, then you're like, nah, you're good. This happens. This is what happens. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, dude, you you did like you got and you were you you know because you I always give you shit. I give you shit on, on lots of different mediums about being prodigal and all those things. Like, yeah, you never really hit a hit a a, a strange turn like that. And I was no. like, dude, you're talented as fuck. You're 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 gonna find your way. And what and what I want to be clear about is even though I was towards you know uh, heading uh, in the flow combat thing, like. I was just like, man, you know that, like, I almost got to get out of this kid's way. Like, you, you have so much good, you had so many good ideas, and you did, uh, you made yourself very versatile with, you know, not only, you know, and that's the thing. It's just a shame to see where that 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 side is gone because of what what we what we were where we were heading with it. Mm. But you're responsible for their like the the social media side of it, man. You were banging that out. You were banging out other content, and you know, you were kind of the the man behind the scenes, and it was just kind of like watching, like. It's like, it was like a, like a heavyweight, it'd be John Jones coming up, like, like okay, <laughs> yeah, shit, right. man, he's not there yet, but it's very soon, he's gonna have his own, you know, he, it's his time, and that's kind of, even though, like, when I, when I, even though the, it wasn't exactly amicable at the time when, when things split, it was, it was right, like, I never questioned that, I was like, man, Hunter's the right, that, that's, that's the way to go, and, and that, use that platform to, to get you closer to home, and now you have, you know DK Sports, and like I said, that's just, that'd be just a, that's a dream come true. So you know, uh, sky's the limit, and new and, and and you've and what's funny is like, yeah, you you know you all you get you got a lot of dubs under your belt, but you're about to get married, so dude, the the fucking dubs stop, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the dub stops it, it, here. You take you take the little dubs you can, you know, like <laughs> you know, like I say, like so, you know, I say like Savage wanted a puppy, and and and, and he wants a puppy. And I, and I don't even like dogs. I like your dog, but I don't yeah, yeah. ever had dogs. And, but I'm like that boy wants a puppy. Get a puppy. And Renee's like no. And then I'm like, you know, I never talked to her face. <laughs> Not you know? to her face. You like that Key and Peele sketch? You look around first. Yeah. That's I said. I said. They're in the basement. Oh, you said to her face. Oh, you want to go to War Block? Eh? <laughs> But uh, classic. But yeah, man, you know, dude. That's, so so that's what I mean. Like you know, so now, like before, I was you know, you're like you learn from some old timers. Now you got you know myself, who's almost twenty years in, your old man. You know, like like we we we're proud men, but we definitely have the battle scars. <laughs> we've been beating around, you know. Yeah, it came at a cost. Big Mart walks with that limp. Exactly, you know what I mean? exactly. The bow swag. <laughs> you know why it is? They were dragging this fucking wedding ring around. <laughs> oh. oh my god. It's heavy. Yeah, I can't wait to get that little weight on my on my left side. Balance me out a little bit. I'm excited for it, Shit, dude. Yeah, man. I saw a fucking uh, doc, doctor, sister doctor fucking is, uh, has her own practice now. Insane, man. She's official. She's as legit as it gets now. It's crazy to see the journey. I mean, that's a whole different kind of journey. You think about how much school she went through. Dude, she graduated high school and then went another 13 years of school. That's a, like a whole nother K through 12 cycle after graduating. Dude. Dude, I remember your sister's the one that that hips me to the fucking to the game on that because I was like, doctors make bank, you know, blah blah, and because she was in a residency and she was when we were in Charlotte and she was like, yeah, but let me let me explain to you. Yes, they do make bank, but by the time I get my own practice, I'm gonna be about half a million yep. in, in student yep. debt. That's a fact, and she is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cody. Dude, but I will say this. I will say this about about your sister and your your fiance. Uh, I, I saw your sister put up like, dude. She seasonal wise, decorator wise, your sister. It was was hard to fuck with, man. Like she's like whatever season is, man. She fucking banged that That's out. So right? true. Like her whole apartment was like flossed out in that shit. 
But yep. Nicole's got her own little fucking knack to these, man. For sure. You know, she's like she she could de- she could decorate the shit out of some oh, shit. Oh, dude, she's know? got that she's got that Joanna Gaines that fixer upper gene going on. You know, she just turns everything into that rustic farmhouse. I dig it, but. Yeah, but then, but then she throws in this little bit yeah. of flash because you know I love I love the color the jadeite, like yeah. Rocking. She's all about that yeah, jadeite. Yeah, she fucks. She's on that shit, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, something about this. It feels <laughs> this feels warm, dog. <laughs> and talk about introducing the introduced me to fucking like uh, like it wasn't like it was like fried macaroni, but it's also cheese curds. Oh, like not what cheese was this? sticks. Yeah, yeah. Remember that was it was that uh. What's the one? Sheets. Oh, the cheese curds at Sheets. Yeah. Yeah, they're good as hell, man. And I'm surprised you don't yeah. get those up, up in Indiana because that's like a Wisconsin thing. Wisconsin thing. Wisconsin's a fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you do a little bit, but it's way more prone to mozzarella sticks. And that's the thing is, like, with traveling with Hunter, I'm like I'm as simple as it gets. Hunter, Hunter has some, like, he likes a few different, like, fucking, like, He's got a little more refined taste, if you will. So <laughs> if there was somebody who was going to get me to try some shit, like, oh, here, yeah, let's yeah. try this. This is, you know. Yeah, we've had I, some big wins on that front, though. Yeah. Zombie dust. I mean, I mean, zombie dust chiefly among them. For for such a miller light guy, the zombie dust really sits well with you. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And then, and of all places, we found it. In... <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. That yeah. little shithole, the little shithole place we went to because we were going to do the crazy horse thing or yep. felony, whatever the fuck his name is now. And uh, um, I mean, dude, we, what a wild night. We end up fucking cornering fucking Charles Bennett because <laughs> he just flat out gave up yep. at, at a Ricky Dick fucking jabroni show. And then yep. we stopped the, the place where we parked our cars to meet. They had fucking three Floyds on tap and they had like astronaut middle finger, yep. like fucking uh, gumball. Uh, gumball head all kinds of shit and then zombie dust <laughs> yep yep these are the twists and turns that happen i mean you just got to take what life gives you in that in that department yes and then uh what and then uh uh and hunter and hunter is also very big if you follow him on social media at all you'll know he's big on the on the uh on the meats and the the barbecues and things like that fucker can prepare some fucking filet. He can he, he can get some brisket for you. So, uh, <laughs> dude, wait. So, what's funny is my wife says gives me, gives me shit. What is the like? What is the one menu item if I'm anywhere and they have it? I I always just get. You know. No oh, pulled pork. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> pulled pork. It can be from a fucking gas station, dog. I'm getting that pulled no, pork. No, not the subway pulled pork. Ger- the Gervasi special. Oh man, Gervasi's <laughs> like, dude. I've never I've seen very few times I've ever seen Tom's disappointed in me but Tom was like dude you know you're taking your gambling with your life you just got a pulled pork sandwich from a subway uh, in Ve- from a subway sandwich uh, store in Vegas at 2am but and you liked I will it. tell you this I did it was great <laughs> it was delicious but I will tell you this here's another fucking great adventure so then you know with, with, with my mentorship to Hunter and Thomas Gervasi is my mentor we had like three generations of fucking like Jedi and even though Hunter's never seen Star Wars uh, but you did make a movie reference earlier so I'm gonna get you this but so we we have the time we're gonna hang out with Gervasi out in New York you know out in his stomping ground so I, I can tell you this in my 40 years of life only one time have I ever eaten dinner or lunch or a full meal 
and then for dessert went and ate another meal. Like we went to Fletcher's barbecue, yep, remember yep. that? So we, we go to Fletcher's and Dre's like, Oh Finley's a fucking bird over here. He's gonna eat and you and you and him had fucking full of course. like unbelievable amount of food. And then so after in, in the aftermath of their fucking ravenous wreckage, mm. Gervaisi starts talking about Sheep's Head Bay, how there's a fucking uh, Kenny, rolling fucking roaster, <laughs> Kenny Rogers, or where the fuck it was. And they have, they put cheese whiz on everything, like melted cheese, cheese whiz. Cheese. So now we're naturally intrigued, and now we got to go get a fucking cheese whiz burger, right? Yep. For dessert. And for the sake of not, of not getting shit, I fought down a second cheeseburger. Unreal. I don't even know how we did and that. And then. Yeah, no, I don't know either. And then we pulled in, and if you've ever seen the fucking documentary Cropsy about the fucking uh, <laughs> escape lunatic thing, and then we're driving back, and I feel like I'm either going to puke or shit my pants, and Jabez is like, look up, Finley. And we're fucking, we're sitting there at the gates of the Cropsy place. I'm going to shit all over his face. <laughs> Probably the most scared I've ever seen you, actually. Like, the most genuinely terrified about Cropsy. Dude, that's a, that, was a, that was unsettling, man. Like, have you seen the documentary since? No, I, I still never saw it. Yeah, dude, it, uh, it, just a quick little history of why it was so unsettling is like it was a it's how Geraldo Rivera got his big break. It's like it was a uh, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember what the name of the mental institution was, but it was uh, he like he came barging in with fucking cameras to this mental institution and found out that there, dude, there was like fucking naked kids like on the floor, like, you know, like like retard, like, you know, uh, mental uh, uh, special needs kids mm-hmm. like had these 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 problems and like they were just being unattended and beaten and like unwashed and and basically they were just like just it was just horrible conditions. So then they so this expose like fucking outed them that that this is how they were keeping these people and then so the fucking government or the city of New York shut it down, but they didn't place those people anywhere. They just cut them out in the street. Yeah. So. So then a lot of those people ultimately just because they had nowhere else to go, they came back and they were living in these like underground tunnels <laughs> that were under underneath the place. Well, just so happens that uh, the, the per, one of the people that was there, I believe, um, these these little girls in Staten Island started going missing. So that was like like it, it became like big, like a like a creature in the night. Like, man, you better not go down to the park like crops. Is gonna uh, get all you. right. You know, and that was the thing. So. They like they come to find out that you know this urban legend was actually true that one of these people that was living in these like sub subterranean like shanty towns was like fucking like uh, kidnapping like assaulting and and murdering these children. Come to find out that it was actually somebody like it was true. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Your fear makes yeah, a lot more so, sense in that context. Yeah, so like something <laughs> awful. Something awful did happen there, and those underground tunnels still exist down there, and they're not really policed. It's just fenced off. But, like, remember, Gervaisi would say, like, yeah, I would drive Jordan's daughter, you know, down past here every day, taking her to the bus or whatever. And it's like, holy shit, like, this happened in real time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my, my, you would have got the same reaction had we gone to anywhere awful shit had happened, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. But Gervais is like, oh, look at this pussy. You know, like, <laughs> no. He got such a kick out of it, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, because genuine terror, when you're in busting balls form, right. genuine terror is hard to fucking turn that's out. True. That's true. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> well, my friend, the uh, the uh, we, 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 we've run this a good one. 
Uh, I know I don't even need to ask this, but I, but to our listeners, just just know that this kid be on. He'll he'll take this journey into ether with us many many times. But I want to thank you, Hunter. It's been great going down memory lane. Uh, we didn't even scratch the surface on our fucking legendary <laughs> tales. Uh, I, I know Statue of Limitation got to clear on a few of them before we can yeah. talk about them, but um, but we'll save a few more till next yeah, time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. I love like like we opened it with. It's good to come full circle with it, but I'm just glad that you're back, getting after it. You know, you got a listener with me, and I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people the same way, the same way that your life lessons have kind of helped shape me and kind of motivate me and drive me. It's going to resonate with a lot of people in that way, so I'm excited to watch it take off, man. Oh, I appreciate it, man. And, and you know, so, so our listeners know, you know, that's what I said is, like, I'm going to do one MMA show every week that I'm going to do one just kind of for my own for my own sanity. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's just going to kind of be a, a fully encompassed thing. So you give uh, that beautiful fiancé and meeting dog uh, some love from old finley and we'll, we'll talk yeah to you, man brother. love you dude have a have a great night love you too brother see you yes, soon sir. later on man